In today's Live Treasure podcast, we're wrapping up our Summer Shift Your Lips series with my biggest aha moment yet. Treasure Tribe, welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast, where we believe that intimacy with God is the key to inner healing. I want to talk to you today about this Shift Your Lips series, and really, I just want to kind of process with you um, how it impacted my life and just the biggest aha moment that I had, and that was about shame. You know, so many problems that we have in our life, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, I'm convinced, can all be traced back to shame, that underlying message within our soul that you are not good enough. And one of the things that I found out when I was doing this series called Shift Your Lips is that a lot of things that we say are connected to that song of shame that's buried deep within our soul. Our need to self-deprecate. Our need to apologize all the time. It all goes back to this um, underlying message of shame. And for me, The biggest aha moment came with tip number five and with not getting so defensive. I find that in my life that I tend to be a sensitive person. And a lot of times that has very good qualities about it. So if you're sensitive, don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. There's lots of good things about being a sensitive person. Empathy comes very natural for you. Um, however, it can also become so strong in your life that you take a lot of things personally. And one of the things that I began to understand about myself was that there was still a deep root of shame that I hadn't dealt with before. And it all came out when we were discussing this idea of not getting so defensive. And inside of my summer, I was put inside a situation where that root of shame was exposed again. And in the past, I think I wouldn't have really connected the dots between my sensitive nature and the shame that sat beneath my soul, but I began to really, really see that and understand that. And I brought that picture into play in one of the emails that I sent out inside my devotions where I said that shame was like that guitar, like an unplayed guitar that sort of sits beneath the surface of your soul. And it lays dormant there because we've pushed it down and we've hidden it down. And we've hidden it down maybe by our accolades in life. Um, That's certainly how I 
chose to cover my shame was to try to prove myself and to perform and through working really hard. And so that's how I tried to cover my shame. Uh, But that stuff doesn't work. A lot of other people will use escaping mechanisms. Alcohol and drugs are one of them. Exercise can even be one. Work can be another way that we escape. Um, uh, Pretending, having this outside picture of, of perfection. All those things that we're doing to sort of hide those yucky, empty feelings of shame. And we want to hide that shame because it is so painful. But then it's never really dealt with and it just sort of sits below the surface until something triggers it. And when you are defensive easily, which that was the tip that I fully admitted that I struggled with the most or you know, me always feeling like I have to explain myself or apologize for things, I realized that there's a root of shame that I haven't dealt with yet. And I don't want to deal with it because, well, I I guess like I'm thinking in my head, well, I'm a Christian, aren't I? And I've come to the Lord. And so doesn't the Bible say that he takes away my shame? And that's true. But it almost is like we have to go deeper and we have to uncover those lies that are buried beneath our soul and receive God's solution for the shame. And so then when that happens, it's not that critical comments won't hurt a little bit or rejection won't hurt a a little bit, but it won't be, it won't take you under. It won't take you under. And so today, I want us to talk about the three um, ways that, three big ways that shame uh, is created in our life and what God's solution for this shame is. Because I really believe that shame is just the problem for so many things. It's the root of problem for so many things. And that for whatever reason, it could be the way somebody treated you, the words that were said over you, sometimes there's a deep-rooted seat of shame within your soul. And until you deal with that God's way, it will sit there and then somebody else can trigger that shame within you. And it will cause you to react and not to respond. It will cause you, and this is a big one, it will cause you to be motivated in life to do things to get rid of guilt. Like in other words, you end up saying yes to everybody because you just don't want to feel guilt, right? It causes you to avoid rejection at all costs, like including, you know, giving up your boundaries or or who you are. And so we must deal with that root of shame. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, the first way that shame is created inside of our life is through standards. 
everybody wants to know, do I measure up, right? And so shame says you're not good enough. And so there's all these measuring sticks inside of the world, and they're different for everybody. Some people measure themselves by what the world says is a good standard. Other people measure themselves by the standards that others put over them. It could be um, even inside of a church, standards that a church has that you measure yourself, you know, do I meet up to these standards? Sometimes there's standards that we put on ourselves. I know for years I carried around that standard of perfection. If I could meet that standard, right, then that was how I measured myself. Other times there's standards from um, stigmas inside of the world. For example, um, you shouldn't have mental health issues, right? I mean, sometimes that's sort of pervasive inside of the church, although I think that we're doing a lot better about it. And so then when you don't meet those standards, then there's shame. A lot of women carry the standard of, I must have a perfect family. Everybody must love me. And so then when things don't work out, of no fault of your own, but because somebody else didn't hold up their weight, you carry shame over the fact that this relationship is not okay, right? I've certainly experienced that inside of my own life. And so the first way that shame is produced in our life is because of standards. And when this happens, what we can do is one day's one day we can feel like a rock star. Like if your standard is like for me, my standard was performance. It was results, how I achieved. And so on the days, I mean, this is even how ridiculous it was. On the days where I did all my to-do list, I felt like a rock star. And then on other days when I couldn't do it, I just felt horrible, right? Or if your standard is, I'm never, I'm a Christian, and so I'm never supposed to feel depressed, right? And so then on the days that you're happy, you feel like you're a good Christian. And then on the days where you feel that heavy cloud of depression, then you feel, you not only feel that, but you feel shame over it, right? And so you really need to think about what are the standards that I'm trying to keep and why am I trying to keep them? And then understand that God's solution for standards is that we don't need to measure up to any of them. Because when the Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross, he took our shame. And no longer was our righteousness based off of any standard we kept. God's standard is holiness. His standard is complete holiness. That's a standard that nobody could keep. So Jesus kept it for us. And so the very first thing that you need to do to combat shame in your life is to identify like the next time you start to feel insecure or ashamed of something, ask yourself, what is the standard that I'm trying to keep. And I think awareness is key. It is so key in that. And once you get that standard, bring it into the light. Like tell tell God about it. And then 
what you'll see is that that's a standard that God's not even asking you to keep. You know, I think another way that that shame can be broken out of your uh, on your life is to share those standards, share what's making you feel less than inside of your small group or inside of a close friendship. You know, I really believe, you know, the Bible tells us in James that when we confess our sins to one another, we're healed. And if we're trying to live by a standard other than the ones that God is asking us to live under, which he is requiring holiness, right? But but because of Christ, we stand under his righteousness. But so when we share those things, it's like the power that they held over us is taken away. I was walking the other day with two friends of mine, and they are um, very strong, successful businesswomen, and the Lord has called me into ministry. And so sometimes when I'm around them, I will feel less than, right? Because, I mean, I don't have this big job and all this sort of stuff like that. And I shared that with them because I'm very close to them. They're both believers. We all pray for each other. And you know what it did? It took the power that that standard had away. And I think that when we are aware of what is driving the shame and that standard there, and then we say to ourselves, is this a standard that God is asking me to keep, right? And bring it into the light. Then it takes the power away. So the first way that shame is created is through the measurements inside of the world. It can be what the standards others put on us. It can be standards we put on ourselves. It can be the standards inside of the world. And by the way, the world is the very last place that Christians should try to find standards. Because all of the stuff that the world says is valuable is fleeting. It is fleeting. And I think for me, stepping back and journaling and asking God, okay, is there a standard here that I'm not measuring up to that in in eternal perspective, it doesn't matter anyway. And the enemy of your soul, he knows what standards you're trying to keep And he loves, loves to create shame in those areas. He loves it. And when you let go of those standards, I mean, the standard of perfection is a weary one to keep. The standard of performing, it's a weary one to keep. When you let it go, it is a place of freedom. All right, so that's the first way. The second way that we hold shame is by not receiving God's forgiveness. Now, this is a kicker. God has already forgiven. When we become Christians, our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. However, if we don't receive that forgiveness for ourselves, if we continue to beat ourselves up over past mistakes that were legit in our life, if we continue to feel shame over that, see, here's the thing. 
we can't even open up to God and learn from our past mistakes, right? Because we just keep shoving them down or denying them or whatever. And we might know that we're forgiven from an eternal perspective, right? Like if we were to die today, we're going to heaven. But are you living in the freedom of that? Or are you still going back and beating yourself up over past mistakes? When you do that, you're chaining yourself to your past and things that you cannot change. And so you and I must receive God's forgiveness for ourselves. We must believe it for ourselves. In other words, God has already forgiven you. It's a miracle and it's awesome. We must receive it. And there's nothing that you can do to earn it. Nothing. It's a gift that you receive. And so right now, whatever burden is that you're carrying from your past, Whatever mess there was in your life, nobody has neat and tidy relationships. And even inside of the not neat and tidy relationships, I mean, I know that inside of my own, I made mistakes. Other people make mistakes. It's time for you to let it go. And it's time for you to move on. None of us walk perfectly But there was a perfect God who walked for us so that you would not have to carry shame. And see, here's the thing. When we continue to carry shame, it has the potential not only to weigh ourselves down, but you end up hurting others because you feel so bad about yourself and hurt people will hurt others. So one of the best things that you can do is to receive God's forgiveness for yourself. And when you take that step, this third area that I'm going to be talking about is much easier to do. And that's the third place of shame in our life, and that is hurts from others. When people hurt us, sometimes um, it's as if we are holding the responsibility of their choices, holding the shame from that. And it's very easy to do and very hard to let go of. But the key to doing that is through forgiving them just as Christ forgave you. If I'm going to receive God's forgiveness, I have to give it out to others. Now, I want to tell you that There is no greater misunderstanding that I had in my walk with God than about forgiveness, forgiving others. There is no greater um, command of God that's harder for me to keep than forgiving others. But for years, my struggle with that was because I had misconceptions about what forgiveness was was. And so I always like to bring that out that, you know, the first thing is, is that forgiveness does not mean I trust that person again. Forgiveness is releasing my offender. Forgiveness is essentially saying, I'm not going to hurt back at you. 
right? I'm not going to hit back. I'm going to let go and I'm going to trust God for God to bring justice inside of my life. When we hold on to that, you know, what happens is the the lies and the um, that the hurt produced, it's like it's still clouding our life and it's just creating this clutter where we can't walk free. But it's important to know that forgiveness is not that you trust the other person again necessarily. Trust happens through actions. If somebody acts in a way where I can trust them, then I'm going to trust them again. But trust is built through actions, right? So if you forgive somebody, it does not mean that you have to be in relationship with them again. That was very freeing to me. Also, the second thing, and this is huge, forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to like the person. Loving somebody, according to biblical truth, does not mean I have to have warm, fuzzy feelings towards the person. And for years, I would like pray, God, I know that I need to forgive this person. And I was frustrated because I would still like, be really mad because of the hurt that they caused in my life. And, but now that I understand the true meaning of love, according to biblical principles, which is love is, is an action. It is not a feeling. And so for years, I was frustrated about forgiving others because I was trying to force a feeling about that person. And let me tell you, There are so many women I talk to, and they're trying so hard to make themselves feel a certain way about a person because they think that means that they've forgiven them, and it it doesn't. That's not what God is asking you to do. He's asking you to stop the cycle of hurt by not hurting back, and he is asking you to love them, and what that means is that no matter how they have treated you, you're going to treat them with kindness and with love. And and here's the next thing, and I want everybody to hear this. Love a lot of times says no. Is it loving to enable abusive situations? No. No. You know, to me, love used to mean I need to say yes to everybody and it's wrong if I want to set boundaries with this person, but that's not what I see anymore inside of God's word. You know why? Because God tells me no. He sure does. And he tells me no because he loves me. And when we've been hurt by somebody, Don't confuse love with having to accept bad behavior or bad treatment or that you need to continue to condone the way that somebody is treating you because you don't. Forgiveness 
is really releasing your offender, opening up your hands wide so that you can receive from God. And there's something with shame that happens. It's like this, it's kind of like this. If, if I don't release this person, it's like I'm saying that this person owes me. My healing is dependent upon this person righting the wrong. And so when it happens, we continue to have shame because that person does not have the capability to restore the loss, right? I mean, it's, it's a complex, um, it's a complex spiritual dynamic, but you can trust that timeless principle. But I am, I mean, so passionate about teaching <laughs> all these misconceptions I had about forgiveness because it helps me to understand what God is asking me to do. And when that happens, you know, Mark chapter 11, it says, have faith in God and you will move mountains. And then in the next verses, it says that before we pray, we're to forgive. And it's interesting to me that those verses are linked together And there's purpose in that, right? Because unforgiveness is essentially, I've got my faith in that person. I've given power over to that person. That person hurt me. And so now I need you to make this right. So I've given the power over that person to heal my life, right? And so really, where is my faith? My faith is not in God, it's in man. Whereas forgiveness is releasing that person that offended you to your father. And then with the release, your hands become open to receive from God. Um, forgiveness is not an interaction that you do with your offender. It is something between you and God. God, I'm giving this person over to you. And essentially, you know, I can see very clearly that the reason why God wants us to do that is so that this cycle of hurt can stop. I mean, When we feel shame, when a lot of times when people feel shame, that's when they feel the need to pull another person down with their words to prop themselves up. And so when we feel hurt and shame from somebody and we want to lash back out, that's not God's solution. God says, let me do that for you. You release them to me and then you can receive from me. And a part of the receiving that you receive from the releasing is for shame, the shame over the hurt to be gone. Because essentially, you're taking steps to let go and to move on. Shame 
is a deep topic, and I by no means mean to say that inside of this podcast that we've even scratched the surface, but because so many things in the Shift Your Lips series, and even in my own life personally, led me back to asking God to heal a deep root of shame that I thought I had taken care of, but I hadn't, right? I wanted to bring this up again. I hope that you've enjoyed this summer podcast series. And um, we've heard from so many of you that you've liked it, that I think every summer I'm going to do like a Bible study podcast series where, you know, we concentrate on one topic. And, you know, this Shift Your Lip series has really been all about what we say. And I think that about ourselves. But next summer, I think I'm going to do one on the words that we say to others. Hey, um, I am so honored that you have spent this time with our podcast. You know, a woman's time is her most valuable resource. And uh, I'm just so honored that you come and that you share it with us. I pray that you will share this podcast with others and invite them to subscribe. Because when you do, you help Treasured Ministries increase our reach so that we can reach out to other women to share God's good news of love and forgiveness and healing for her. Thanks again for joining in. And next week, we will not be talking about Shift Your Lips, but we've got more good stuff coming up. Thanks. Bye-bye.